Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Dive, the podcast that says, who said business news needs to be all business? Today, it's a returning favorite because it's earnings season. This is when all the companies gather their shareholders and tell them what they did for the last three months, what went well, what didn't go so well, and what is coming up. You've told us how much you love this format before, so we're back, this time with three themes to explore. It's Monday, the 7th of August, and today I want to know, just what are the stories this reporting season? To talk about this today, I'm joined by my colleague and the co-founder here at Equitymates. It's Alec Ranahan. Alec, welcome to The Dive. Sasha, good to be here. This is a favourite. Do you enjoy digging into all the reporting earnings season calls and information and trying to find those surprises? Uh, well, we've chosen to do a finance podcast as our <laughs> career, so <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, very true. I think it's you who coined the phrase like Christmas comes once a year, but um, earnings season's there four times. It's it, it's obviously a real favourite of yours. I'm glad that people are now quoting phrases I've coined. <laughs> I feel like I've made it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can put that one on the bio. Look, let's get into the three companies that you've chosen today. You've pitched Ford, Meta and Rio Tinto, which you said gives us insights into three big themes, electric vehicles, artificial intelligence, and decarbonization. Let's talk about Ford. Ford is out with its results. Yeah, so Ford had a great quarter. They had total revenue of $45 billion, up 12% from the same time last year of $40.2 billion. They made a profit of $1.92 billion, up about three times from where they were last year at $667 million. Pretty happy with that. A lot of profit, a lot of cars sold. When it comes to earnings season or reporting season as it's known here in Australia, there are two things you want to do. Number one, you want to actually grow. Number two, you want to beat the expectations that the investment community have for you. And Ford did both of those things. They grew as we touched on before and they significantly beat what Wall Street was expecting. Now, Ford have been really quite aggressive in their plans for electric vehicles. Uh, Last year, they came out and said they're investing more than $50 billion in electric vehicles globally through to 2026. That's not a lot of time and that's a lot of money. They had plans to manufacture 600,000 electric vehicles globally by late 2023, or at least be on an annual run rate of 600,000 EVs by 2023, and a run rate of 2 million electric vehicles a year by 2026. So Ford kicking goals with their quarterly report, and they came out very aggressively last year with an electric vehicle strategy. The question is, is this electric vehicle strategy working? You're asking me, Alec, but this is just exactly what I'm going to flip back on you. Yeah, that's- the answer is <laughs> <the answer's> no. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's 
That's huge, 50 billion and 2026. Sometimes you lose track of just how close those dates are. Yeah, it is a staggering amount of money. And, you know, it's it'll be one of the biggest changes in this company's history up there with the Model T. But right now, what we've learned from this quarterly report is that maybe consumers aren't quite ready for it. Ford Model E's first-generation electric vehicles revenue there. It did increase 39% in the second quarter sequentially. Revenue more than doubled, but Farley did point out, Jim Farley, CEO there, pointing out the near-term pace of EV adoption will be a little slower than expected. He's framing it that that's actually going to benefit some of the first movers within this space, like Ford. So in their results, they made the note that electric vehicle adoption is taking place slower than the company expected. Mm -hmm. Now, in part, this is because of higher costs associated with electric vehicles, associated with some of the key commodities Ford need to make electric vehicles and batteries and the like. But Ford restructured their business last year and it now gives us a really good insight into the different parts of the business and how they're making money. So Ford Blue is the traditional Ford internal combustion engine part of the business division. It earned $2.31 billion in profit during the quarter. Pretty good. Yeah. Ford Pro is its commercial business. So, you know, like leasing to companies, stuff like that. It earned $2.39 billion. So also a very profitable division for the quarter. The third division for Ford is its Model E, electric vehicle division. It lost over a billion dollars in the quarter. Yeah, okay. Not great. Not great. The automaker now expects full-year losses in its Model E unit to hit $4.5 billion. Previously, it saw losses of $3 billion. So, Sasha, I think the takeaway here is that as much as there is excitement about electric vehicles, both Ford and its crosstown Uh, rival General Motors had really strong reports, but had really strong demand for traditional internal combustion engine vehicles. So the, the electric vehicle adoption story, you know, the world sort of needs it to play out quicker than it is. Mm. And these quarterly results are showing that at least in America, they're not playing out as quickly as we want. Flick over to China and you look at some of their companies like BYD and the like, it's happening a little bit quicker go to Europe, it's happening even quicker there. Every internal combustion engine vehicle that's sold today will be on the road for the next 15, 20 years. And that takes us to what, 2023 now, 2043. It's a really obvious story, but just that cost factor. They're more complicated to put together and therefore there's more cost for both the producers and the consumer on the other end. And that's always going to be, as much as we all dream of driving electric cars around, Cost is a really hard factor to to walk past, I think. We're still waiting on more details here, but the fact that you do have a top line beat for Meta. Daily active people up 70%, monthly active people up 6% year over year. All right, Alec, let's move to the second story. And this is all about Meta. And the real one that you're going to dig into here is artificial intelligence. But before we dig into that, can you give me the headline numbers? Yeah, so Meta has had a pretty incredible turnaround. 2022 was brutal for Meta. They lost about two-thirds of their share market value. Everyone was worried about TikTok. Everyone was worried about the Metaverse. Let's put a pin in that because we'll get to it. Um, And the stock had a terrible year. 
2023, it's been an incredible story. It's up 159% year to date before this report uh, compared to the S&P 500, America's stock market index, up 19%. So a pretty incredible run going into reporting season. And Meta had a great quarter. Revenue increased 11% from a year before. Now, that's the first time Meta has reported double-digit revenue growth since the end of 2021. So it's been a couple of slower years for Meta, but they have turned it around. In the quarter, they brought in $32 billion of revenue. Profit was $7.79 billion, up from $6.69 a year earlier. But here are the numbers that just continue to blow my mind, Sasha. Daily active users, $2.06 billion. Monthly active users, over $3 billion. The world's population is, what, nine? Yeah. Eight? Eight point something? And Meta's got more, a little bit less than a half, a bit more than a third as monthly active users. It's crazy. Yeah, just wasting their time away on a Facebook feed, (laughs) jealous of their neighbours. Yeah. Well, or, you know, WhatsApp is massive in certain parts of the world. Instagram, obviously, you're a big threads head, as you keep telling us. Obviously. (laughs) Well, what we've seen is what we expected, which is started with cost cutting and cost rationalization. And they had excess employees and they had projects that were very, very unprofitable. So they did all that. And then we were in a recession for digital advertising. And now we're coming out of that recession. We're starting to see better numbers. Look, Alec, um... Those numbers are staggering, but I want to dig into this AI story. And it's kind of interesting because last year it was all about the metaverse and they even changed their name. And now they're saying it's about artificial intelligence. Are they going to change their name again? Are we going to have like the artificial intelligency or something? Like, is that where Meta's moving now? Uh, <laughs> Look, I'm not a brand expert. That was not yeah. a great name. <laughs> Look, the metaverse is still in Zuckerberg's mind, um, mm-hmm. but it is certainly less front of mind. And in his earnings call, he did defend the metaverse and he spoke about how they want to make really long-term bets and he said, you know, that he still thinks it's the future of computing. He had some quote that today one to two billion people on earth wear glasses and he believes those glasses will be smart glasses in the future. So, um, I mean, it's actually tough to argue with that point. Like uh, he's probably right when that will be and whether that will be Zuckerberg's version of the metaverse remains to be seen. Yeah. But look, the metaverse is still a going concern at Meta. It's housed within their reality labs unit. That unit brought in $276 million in sales in the quarter. So, Pretty good. Mm-hmm. It did lose $3.7 billion though, so <laughs> it spent a lot more than It's it all made. relative, isn't it? A billion mm, here, a billion yeah. there. Like- well, for a company like Meta, it's, yeah, you know, mm. they can afford it. Meta said in a press release that unit losses in the Reality Labs unit will continue to, quote, increase meaningfully year over year due to our ongoing product development efforts in augmented reality slash visual reality and investments to further scale our ecosystem. So they are still investing in the space. Now, Sasha, here is the number to keep in mind when you're thinking about Meta's investments in the metaverse. To date, Reality Labs has lost over $40 billion. 
Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of money. And I think it further emphasizes your point, Alec, of it's like it really is a long-term play. It's like a long-term vision because the glimpses I've seen so far of the metaverse don't inspire me and they certainly don't match up to a $40 million price tag. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So $40 billion, that's what you've told me to keep in mind, Alec. That's not even the biggest investment that they're making at the moment. No, it is artificial intelligence, just like every other tech company. Meta have been using artificial intelligence for a little while now. Um, I actually went to Instagram University (laughs) at (laughs) Meta's Sydney offices yesterday as we're recording this. Congratulations. Yeah, I got my my diploma in Instagram. (laughs) Did you get a certificate of memes? No, and they also said we would meet the Instagram global head of memes, which is an actual position in the company. Um, didn't meet him. They're not Very just trolling you. I'm just checking. They're not just trolling you. No, 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 we looked him you. up. He's a real person. Okay. Um, I don't know how he got that job, but I'd love it. Um, so anyway, they started using artificial intelligence in 2016. They switched your feed from being chronological to being algorithmic mm-hmm. and they use AI to serve up things that will keep us engaged longer so we look at more ads. But they have really been investing in large language models. They've got an open source language model that they've pushed out to the world in partnership with Microsoft. I think it's called Lambda 2. Um, apologies if I've got that pronunciation wrong. But they're investing heavily in this space. Last quarter, they said they anticipated capital expenditures uh, in the range of 30 to 33 billion for the following year as they further build out their AI capacity. In the most recent quarter, they've revised that estimate down. So it's gone from 30 to 33 billion to 27 to 30 billion. Still a pretty big number. Still a lot of billions. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if there's any company that is benefiting from artificial intelligence at the moment. It's meta and it's social media peers. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm biased because I listen to all of our shows here at Equity Mates, but when you talk about artificial intelligence, it has to go hand in hand with the data set that you have access to. Who has a bigger data set than meta? It's hard to yeah. imagine. Exactly. Let me tell you a secret. Ideas don't come out fully formed. They only become clear as you work on them. You just have to get started. All right, Alec, let's take a quick break there and then we get back. It's your third story and I'm pretty excited about this one because we have recently done an episode on mining's decarbonisation opportunity. You're going to give me the numbers of Rio Tinto. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Earnings season is upon us, and we've already seen surprises from big banks and, believe it or not, some of the smaller banks. They were full of surprises, and for the vast majority, they were positive. (laughs) 
Welcome back to The Dive. We're doing our earnings season wrap-up. It's a favourite of mine. Very excited. We've talked about artificial intelligence and meta. We've talked about electric vehicles and Ford. Alec, we're turning to mining now. Give me the headline for Rio Tinto. Yeah, so Rio Tinto, we've spoken about how mining has this massive decarbonisation opportunity. We've spoken about the absolute demand for green metals We've spoken about how Australia has a lot of those green metals. Um, and we've spoken about how Australia's two big miners, BHP and Rio Tinto, have pivoted their portfolios in the past five years. They've got out of fossil fuels and they've tried to push into battery metals. So given all of that, you would think that these miners would start to see the benefits of the push towards decarbonisation and the demand for battery metals. Absolutely. I was kind of like, all the factors are there. What's going to stop you? Let's have these record profits roll in. Yeah, well, Rio Tinto's half-year profit has fallen 34%. They've lost about a third of their profit in a year. Rio Tinto reported earnings or profit of 5.1 billion US dollars for comparison in the uh, heady days of 2021 when they were enjoying record iron ore prices. They delivered a half-year profit of 12.16 billion US dollars. So it's more than half from those days. Yeah, look, uh, first of all, you're right. Our results are lower than the first half last year, but they're actually higher than the second half of last year. We have had a fairly good first half. And this is really a story of these miners, as much as their commodities are in demand, they're still subject to commodity prices. Mm. You don't have a lot of pricing power if you're digging stuff out of the ground and shipping it to other people to refine. And the story is really clear in iron ore. So Rio's iron ore division actually shipped 6% more volume than in the same period last year. It achieved its most productive start to the year since 2018 in terms of how much iron ore it was able to get out of the ground, get on a ship and get to wherever it needed to go. More often than not China. Mm. Um, So 6% more volume in the same time last year But iron ore prices were down 11%. They were 11% lower than the same period last year. And so the price just offset the increased volume. Copper, another mineral that Rio Tinto mines, the copper price was down 12% from the same time last year. And aluminium prices, or as our American friends call them, aluminium prices were down 25% from the same time last year. And so what that meant was that the profits of the various divisions within Rio Tinto all fell. The iron ore division down 6% to 9.8 billion in terms of their EBITDA or slightly adjusted profit. Um, So not too bad. Aluminium segment was down 60%. Copper was down 29%. And then the remaining minerals was down 45%. So, you know, these are critical minerals. They're in demand, but commodity prices move in cycles and Rio Tinto is a price taker. Yeah, just that word cycles. That's always the thing that you come back to. These fascinating stories about the decarbonisation opportunity come up and you think, wow, this is such an opportunity, but you've always got to remember that resources have that cyclical 
kind of phase to them and it's not always just on the up and up. Mm. All right, Alec, seems like a good place to leave it for today. A reminder, if you think there's any other stories in the earnings season that caught your eye that you think we missed, why don't you just let us know? Our contact details are right there in the show notes below. And of course, a small favour from me to ask of you if you could please send the dive to a friend who you think would enjoy it. Smallest action from you makes the biggest difference to us and we really do appreciate it. Alec, thanks so much for joining me on the dive today. Good to be here, Sasha. Excellent. Until next time. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.